This is a Bad Dinner Guest production. Shit, I'm just like, oh god, oh god, what do I do, what do I do? Ah, uh, dicks out for Sucker Magazine. You know what my response is that? If you want a dick pic, you have to come here and take it. You want my dick pic on your phone, come and take it. Does that ever work? I, no. Welcome everyone to this uh, episode of Bad Dinner Guests. I'm Nathan. I'm here with uh, Kevin and RJ. You guys hey, want to say hello? No. Hi, hi I'm Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dick move right there. Well, it's a dick move to introduce two people at the same time and then say, do you guys <laughs> want to say hello? Like, I, how, you just said, uh, like... Well, uh, yeah, well, I never here's said... Here's a skateboard with three wheels. You want to ride it? Like, <laughs> Don't they have those? And this, yeah, <laughs> that actually sounds like it might be kind, of fun, kind of fun. Yeah, can we try to be a dick actually, here? But you're inventing some new awesome Christmas toys a little late. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. We're all going to go buy three wheeled skateboards. Uh, but uh, God damn it! Uh, but on today's show, I figured we would uh, approach a very big topic in in the world news uh, right nuts. now. Yeah, well, that too. Um, but no, uh, Fidel Castro passed away on Friday. Um, former head of the uh, Cuban Communist State. Just uh, discuss his impact on the world and uh, uh, some things that people may not know. Um, for example, to, uh, just to uh, bring this discussion point, um, Nelson Mandela. Many people view him as a as a hero. Uh, dealing with apartheid in South Africa as a political prisoner and then president of South Africa. But what many people may not know exactly is is Nelson Mandela was a was a huge fan of Fidel Castro. Um, <coughs> reasoning uh, for this uh, had to do with the fact that uh, Castro uh, was a huge uh, p- opponent of apartheid. Um, and he was he was a symbol for the aspirations of many third world nationalists um, throughout the the world. There um, now, do it. Did either of you happen to know uh, that tidbit of information there? Uh, bait. Yeah, I kind of had like the rough outline about him um, overall, but. As far as his like actual rise to power and stuff like that, I really don't know a whole lot about those details there. But his support from Nelson Mandela and stuff like that is what that what you're asking about. Yeah, if I knew yeah, that, yeah, how how yeah, they Nelson were. Mandela is not really like the great figure he's portrayed as either, um, which is that's a completely different episode. But yeah, I I happen to know about that because I've looked into Nelson Mandela some, so that just kind of came up in it. What about you, Kevin? I didn't I didn't know. Uh, honestly, that in, until the article came out, I did not know that he was a Castro supporter. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, it seems that there really isn't any middle ground with this guy. It seems like people either love or hate Fidel. Uh, I, th- I think it's interesting. I'm sure we'll get into Che a little bit at some point. Uh, w- with this discussion, I mean, there's so many different things that you can discuss when you talk about Fidel. 
uh, you know, obviously most people just think of the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, RJ mentioned his rise to power and stuff like that. But as far as just that in general about Mandela, no, I, I wasn't aware. I know, Nate, that you, you kind of dove into that. Uh, so what did it surprise you? Um, you know, to, uh, until I read this this article I have up here, and um, yes, it's from Huffington, Huffington Post, but I didn't really get the impression that it was it was leaning one way or another. You know, Huffington Post does have that reputation. More like the Puffington Post, but go I was gonna say, did you just say you didn't think the Huffington Post would lean one direction or the other about Castro? Well, no, I uh, this this article I did not feel like it was a article that was leaning one way or another. Uh, I felt it was just explaining um why nelson mandela felt the way he felt about fidel castro uh for example um it goes into discussion why he felt this way such as um mandela uh credited uh castro and cuba supporting uh mil giving military support excuse me to angola in the 1970s and 80s um which helped uh debilitate uh the south african government um Cuba also uh, supported the African National Congress, which was Mandela's political organization, and the, I guess still the current um, ruling party. Cuba South also uh, supported the African um, National Congress on which that to uh, confirm. Um, when I when I continue reading this article here, uh, one thing that did definitely caught my eye is: Would you say both of you? Would you say in general in America? that Nelson Mandela has a positive reputation that you don't necessarily hear any negative things about him in general. You're right. You don't hear much about him at all, really. You hear, at least what I remember from schooling was there was this guy named Nelson Mandela. He was awesome. He fought for freedom, and he went to jail for it. He's T-shirt famous, kind of like Che to me. Like, he might not be on T-shirts, but people know him about us passively. They just know they're supposed to, like, you smile when you see a can of Coke. That kind of thing. It's just for whatever reason they've branded him appropriately or inappropriately as a positive figure, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I uh, would bet a testicle of your choosing, meaning that if I lose, you can pick which of my testicles you take off, that we'll say, I like to make up numbers off the top of my head, so let's say at least 35% of people when polled, if you put up a picture of Nelson Mandela... Or let's say you just if you showed people a picture of Morgan Freeman and told them it was Nelson Mandela that they would believe you. Uh, I think it's one of those things where like yeah, people know that name. They know they're supposed to have good feelings about that name. I would argue that the most my generation knows about Nelson Mandela came from a Chappelle show skit back in '08. Uh, the do you remember that the Nelson Mandela's camp? Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't. You know, remember specific things, but I but again, I know what it's you're you, about. that's the, yeah. I just I use that argument, and again, uh, for any new newbies to the podcast, I'll I'll just say this once: beware of my uh, hyperbolic nature. Um, uh, but still, I, what I'm Dude, saying that's is my next fucking band name, hyperbolic nature. Oh, I like that. I'm sorry that that's so off topic there, but no, that's that's interesting. I don't even play an instrument yet. <laughs> you have a computer, right? That is true. Well, there you Way off the tracks. I apologize. For us. <laughs> what were we? <laughs> but no, like, I mean, you, you both made points there that I, I was hoping you would make um, because typically we don't, nobody thinks of Mandela having a negative reputation in here. Um, however, 
and by here I mean the United States. Um, however, um, Mandela has been critical of the United States at times. For example, uh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to be a sarcastic ass. That's okay. I was like, what? No, <laughs> oh, okay. not good old Nelson. We we'd better go in <laughs> oh, there. Oh, Nelly. <laughs> we'd better go in there and uh, promote a little freedom. Then where is he right now? We need to find. No, Nelly, obviously, yeah. I know where he is. My boy. Uh, I'm just surprised we didn't take care of that sooner. Well, in 2003, when uh, when the Bush administration decided to uh, invade I- Iraq, um, Mandela has a quote, if there's a country that has committed unspeakable atrocities in the world, it is the United States of America. They don't care. Um, I personally, I mean, he's not incorrect by any sort of imagination. It, yeah, no, I... I it, we won't be popular for this opinion, but I, I, I tend to agree. That's one of the things I talked about before we got on air about Castro was uh, I sort of draw some of the parallels with Saddam where there was a point in time where Castro was more or less our boy. We were okay with whatever. Like People want to talk about the, the terrible things he did you know, as far as a humanitarian sense, but that wasn't what our issue was with him. Our issue was... He welched on a deal to George Sr., uh, the elder Bush, whose Zapata Oil Company owned a, a lot of land. Uh, and and the uh, so basically when Cuba came into power, he said, you know, no, I'm not going to honor these deals. These are Cuban lands for Cuban people. And it really wasn't until, uh, and you see that all over. Look at, you can go into it, many of these third world countries where we have deemed these leaders to be evil and that they infringe on human rights. Normally what happens is that the connection you can make, whether it be sugar or bananas. But we were or, always friendly with the leader in Cuba. We were friendly with Batista too. Well, that's what I'm saying, like, but then, man, yeah. We just but wanted then, Cuba as an ally. We didn't give a fuck who was in power. Well, well we, we really didn't like did, that Batista threw out the mob, really, but... Right, but what I'm saying is it, it wasn't until business Castro. interests, until our business interests as America was infringed upon, that's when all of a sudden... We had a big problem with them. Now, Cuba has always been a very interesting thing. Back, way back when, uh, for the Spanish-American War, you think about those times when Spain owned Cuba, and the United States offered up a, a treaty, basically saying, "You can own Cuba, but if you sell it to anyone other than us, we will go to war with you, Spain. Like no one else is allowed to have, because it is a prime. They, they thought of it, you know, as it's a it's a strategical place. If if you if if someone that is anti-America is posted up in Cuba. I understand that, yes. I mean, we all know about this. The Cuban Missile Crisis is, is a part of our history. So we, we know that. But but that's to me, hashtag that's one of the, the interesting history. things. Huh? Said hashtag not my history. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there for that. Um, Allegedly. Um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, but no, I just remembered... Um, the point you were making about threatening American business interests, and this this relates to to Cuba and whatnot. But I'm going to make you know a, a general term here. Um, throughout history, as as long as United States has, has been a, a country, especially after you know we started manifest dynasty and all that stuff, if you know if our interests have uh, have been threatened. Um, you know, we we step in through uh, various means and uh, take care of uh, business in a sense. Um, I believe, just to throw out another example there, I believe that's what happened in Iran um, because we installed a, a sheik, I 
belief. Um, you know, it's happened all throughout Central America. Our our hands have have been on several uh, several countries' leaders down there. Yeah, so. yeah. You're not going to get any argument from me on that. I think what what happens is we, um, like, look at Saddam, and people want to talk about uh, that again. We were okay with the things that he was doing when uh, until he did away with the petrodollar and was going to accept the euro as you could trade the euro for oil instead of only being able to trade oil in American dollars, which is what sort of has allowed us to be if when, when oil can only be traded for American dollars, it really gives us power, even though we don't have our hand, even though that's not our oil, because you're going to have to trade with us to get our dollars. And so you, you know, you have to sell products to it, it. It's a it's a great thing for for America and people with the American dollars to have that. So uh, it just coincidence theory, I guess. Uh, I guess it just happened to play out that way. Um, but yeah, you look at th- there seems to always be if you do the whole uh, key bono argument. So many of these dictators that get overthrown and get replaced with a more I'm air quoting over here stable and democratic government so often it's also like oh all, oh by the way also a, p- a pipeline was established or oh now we have a military foothold at, at at the base of a sea you know somewhere where there always seems to be that 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 great oh by the way we also got this out of it and where your uh, conspiracy theorist to use a term that I, I hate to use where they tend to go with is that that oh by the way that tag along was usually more of a deciding factor than actual um, human atrocities and, and like um, the uh, the incubator babies. We all know that with Kuwait, uh, George W. George H. W. They had what was it, a Saudi princess pretend to be a nurse and get in go in front of our Congress and tell them a story about soldiers removing babies from incubators. And George Bush tells the story: babies were taken from their incubators to systematically destroy the people of Kuwait. That's a I don't do a great poppy, but <laughs> I'm okay with that because anyway, I can mock him. I'm cool with it. But still, uh, so we've seen it before where they they use. They use that on us because we are caring people and we don't want to see these these evil things happen. But what I have found is it seems to me that as long as no one gets their business interest stepped on, they don't really care about the people. That's just it's almost like the way I view your taxes. Yeah. No one cares that you don't pay your taxes until you do something else to piss them off. Like, for instance, Al Capone. That was the only way they could catch Al Capone. So that's how they caught him. Uh, you know, it's. Who was that actor that got jailed? Because Wesley Snipes. I mean, yeah. there have been a, yeah, there have been a few I mean, of they them. They weren't. Well, I mean, he owed them a bunch of money. That that's what did him in. But he was also talking about it really loud. Yeah, that seems to be a, a thing where um, it's just it's a convenient thing to be there because I I personally wouldn't. I don't work for the IRS. So I don't know how easy or hard it is to keep track of all of us paying our taxes anyway. But again, it seems to be something that. Uh, just is is there for you to it's it's a good way to get caught but anyway yeah so my rant's over but the 
Castro uh, is going to be a polarizing subject, but Nate, what else do you have for us on this? So, so you made the point about uh, conspiracy theorists, and I, I want to bring this point in here because we were having a little bit of a discussion in here. Um, when I was doing some more research, I came upon an article uh, from The Atlantic. Um, it discusses uh, Fidel Castro and his belief about uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, the first sentence leads off this fidel castro shares at least one belief with the majority of americans he is convinced the assassination of jfk was not the work of a lone gunman but was the culmination of a broad conspiracy so what, does, what do you think about that does he believe that because he was in on it because no, no that's uh it sounds like i remember when that came out in the headlines which part that he was like, yeah, JFK was probably assassinated by like the CIA. That wasn't very long ago, if I if I recall, or maybe it came back out in the headlines, or maybe I'm making it all up. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Any way to make headlines and seem agreeable to a population, be like, hey, your government's lying to you about this. It also like subliminally puts in, oh, there, my government also tells me this is a bad guy. What if they're lying about him? So it's a good sub. Like, I mean, Kim Jong Un comes out and says like he's pro the people of America. You know what I mean? Like it's not that surprising to me that he would say something like that at all. Right. Yeah, if if you're anti Everybody's an opportunist. The American yeah. government at, from the outside, your best option is to try to also get the American people to go against their government. Yeah. Because then that that leads that makes your job a little easier in the long run. I agree with you there. Yeah. They uh oh, what is it? When you like free a group of people, what is it called? Not Emancipation. Like, a different word. Either way, they like. I've been watching the Man in the High. or finished the first season of Man in the High Castle on Amazon, and it's funny to hear like the Nazis in America or the Japanese in America talk about basically emancipating the uh, the American population from their their government, like freeing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like we'll go in and be greeted as. Uh, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, but I, I, can't, I can't think of the word you're looking for, yeah. but to use an example, I believe Cause what is in Bush? the very beginning of the Hitler regime, the first few areas that he conquered, they were it was it was like a, a championship parade. You know, they the, the troops rolled in, but everybody was was on the sidewalks with flags waving around, like thanking yeah. because they thought that there was going to be, you know, stability and that yeah. he was actually going to come in and fix things for them. So, um, yeah liberators there you go it, yeah um but no and then you know that led to a policy of appeasement by the european powers and one thing led to another obviously so um, and, and so you can always find that stock footage though it's funny of people like greeting i mean you can find it in iraq and in both invasions uh you can find it in afghanistan you could find it in cuba after castro took over i mean you can find the stock footage of the supporters waving flags for basically anything but I don't know, and and so and I can't I can't leave that your JFK question alone because you know me I've I've been dying to have any kind of this I I could do one episode a week about JFK because I feel like there are that many theories out there some crackpot some seem to hold a little weight but you so I guess there is one thing at least in life that I agree with Fidel Castro on which is something I probably shouldn't have said on the air because someone will be able to take a clip later. But um, I agree with that that sort of idea. But also, 
if he were responsible for it, that what else would he say than to throw to you know throw a little Kansas City shuffle at you and be like, oh yeah, look at those guys over there. They probably did it. Mm-hmm. But um, well, he was targeted by many CIA assassination attempts, wasn't he? Can yes, he was. It? There was that movie about oh her name Marlena. I cannot remember her last name. There was a CIA. There's that movie about the CIA agent who was hired to assassinate Castro but fell in love with him instead. Uh, it was based off of... That like, happened? Yeah. That <laughs> that woman. So there's an interesting... Now, I, I'm, I'm going off on a, a little bit of a tangent here for a half a second. There's a film out called Dark Legacy that tries to... It's a film series that essentially tries to point the finger of blame at the JFK assassination at the CIA directly. Um to get more into it they say e howard hunt who was busted for watergate a cia uh team member busted for watergate and also uh, frank sturgis uh that they were that they were going to be part of this uh these anti-cuban castros again air quote uh it was the cia uh, and they had alleged that part of the part of the movie alleged that um that Lee Harvey Oswald was ba- basically part of this group. Um, so yeah, there there was a lot of interesting stuff going on, like the the anti the Cuban stuff. There, uh, that's one of the. Some people want to say it was banks. Some people want to say JFK was assassinated because of aliens. Some people want to say he was assassinated because he wanted to do away with the indu- military industrial complex. Cuba has always been a boogeyman there as well. Was Lee Harvey went to Russia again? Fidel had his ties to Russia, so there's um, just too many, too many rabbit holes to climb down. Really, um, so I guess what what do you think? Does that does that does Castro saying that? Did that? I, I I imagine RJ probably didn't sway you either way. Like he probably just figured, well, that's what he would say. Uh, but you guys, you right? <laughs> yeah. Like well, that's what Castro would say. Yeah. Uh, but like anything for you, Nate. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, of course, I I don't think, you know, like RJ said, of course he wouldn't come out and, you know, say outright that he had a part to play in this. Um, I've gone through this article a little bit more, and I, I, I found some points that I, I want to bring up. Um, um, because this, the art, not the artist, the uh journalist who uh, wrote this article um he actually had a sit down discussion trying to say journalism isn't art no i'm kidding go ahead <laughs> frig off ricky um, i'll say it journalism isn't art go ahead <laughs> um so when they're having this discussion um i'm sure the name oliver stone is quite familiar uh to at least some of us at this oh, table who? boo hiss go ahead go ahead but uh apparently um Oliver Stone, according to this uh, journalist, uh, suggests it was the CIA and a group of anti-Castro Cubans. Um, And the journalist makes a point to say that anti-U-Cubans to describe forces aligned against Castro um, did the assassination um, due to um, people in the American government thinking Kennedy was a traitor for not actually invading Cuba when he had a chance, when he was asked to. Um, so there's another rabbit hole to lead down there, um, to make it seem like Castro would have been one to play a part in the assassination. I, I find it hard to believe that like 
Castro would play a part in it, to be completely honest. I don't know. It's just why. What did he have it? Because, I mean, JFK wanted to get the mobs out. Castro got the mobs out. I don't. I, I just I don't see what that would have done for Castro other than just cause some chaos over here. But that he, Castro had to have known he couldn't keep the U.S. from like kicking his country's ass in a war. And then not like, to mention even you know the to add add to what you're saying like the in the Cuban yeah. Missile Crisis, all of JFK's advisors they had told him that the nukes Castro had were not armed. They weren't they weren't active. They weren't ready. Go ahead and invade. And then they suggested to him, let's go down into the bunker just in case we're wrong. <laughs> and he said to them, let's act going forward as if those missiles are armed and ready. And we're going to sit right here in the White House as the main target of these attacks. And now let's decide how to handle it. <laughs> Basically saying like, yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're so confident, then we're going to sit right here in harm's way. And if you're wrong, then we will... Uh, then, then we'll we'll actually see the consequences. Like you know, he 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 didn't allow his advisors to play with house money, so to speak. Yeah. And so, if if that if that old White House myth it holds true, it, it, you would think Castro would also realize that JFK was the one person in that government that kept him. Because yeah, they would have done some damage to us big time had the yeah. had the Cuban Missile Crisis gone off. But Cuba would be at the bottom of the ocean right now. Yeah. Um. So. Again, I kind of agree with you. Like, why would Castro want to see JFK dead? Well, um, even with that, though, I mean, you got to think about at this time, the Soviet Union is still a, a world superpower, in, in my opinion, at least at this time. And my my point that I'm going to go off on with this is, you know, he's starting to build relations, obviously, with the Soviet Union. <coughs> Yeah, and when with, it comes to thermonuclear war, yeah, we, we would just wipe it off the map. It wouldn't be a strategic base anymore for. The well, Soviet yeah, Union. but also my my thing is um, maybe Castro also would think, well, if I'm going down, then Russia's gonna, well, the Soviet Union's just gonna destroy America with their own yeah. nuclear program too, and we're gonna, you know, at least if I go down, I take an enemy with me. Yeah, but see again, as far as the Russians go, uh, Kennedy again he he had speeches saying that we need to stop looking at our Russian adversaries as you know rivals and and bad people and understand that they are just doing what they think is right for their country and that we have more in common than we have different. You know what I'm mean? like, Kennedy. Uh, at least based on what we've seen. Obviously, we're all too far removed to have ever seen the real Kennedy. All we really get are okay. leftover clips. And, of course, because he was murdered. Uh, that's an interesting thing, too. If Kennedy hadn't been murdered, would we all rem remember him so fondly? Maybe not. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. But, again... He'd be uh, he'd be the first Bill Clinton in office. Yeah, no. He, come on, dude. <laughs> Thomas well, I, Thomas Jefferson exists, and oh. you're gonna throw that you're gonna throw that shade at Kennedy. Well, okay, just I'll, because I'll throw it, you, that Jefferson too. The, but the, the presidential the president's private life used to actually be protected. <laughs> yeah. It used to be considered irrelevant who where he stuck that thing. Basically, until because it is irrelevant on how you run the country. Where you be. put your dick doesn't involve where, really how you be. think to run the country. It, it should be, but unfortunately, in this day and age, too, with how we're you know, we have a large base of people who identify with a religion had yeah, has know, stricter he... morals. That's that's my point on that though. He would be vilified just for that reason and that reason alone. 
if he had still continued to live. But his, you know, the point you made about his death, you know, it gives this myth, this legend status, in a sense, to him that we overlook the fact that he was, you know, a person who partaked in a bunch of affairs and actually you know there there was a thing i read uh, a while back where he also had some aids like he had off. aids <laughs> yeah yeah he had aids like jared in south park nice um had his aids like you know suck off friends and other people that were at the white house so you know so he okay yeah, I mean, I'm I'm holding in a, a big a big rant towards Christian moral compass, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so but, that, that, but I, I get I get yeah I, I do get what you're saying, but I do agree with that though. If if Kennedy had been able to live, uh, it, it's what was it that movie quote you threw out earlier? It was the old uh, oh. Batman quote. <laughs> Yeah, the old it, Harvey Dent quote. Yeah, if he, you, you either live long enough to see yourself become the villain, or you die a hero. It's something like that. Yeah, you've got it. But you, yeah, he, the, Aaron Eckhart delivers it much more eloquently and not backwards. But yes, <laughs> you you are one hundred percent correct. You know, and you're right there. I th- and I think Kennedy would be a much more polarizing figure had he been able, had he lived through his term, uh, had he retired, even then, even been shot. Like, look at Reagan. Part of me feels like if if Reagan hadn't been almost assassinated, you know, like Reagan is, like he is the Republicans' Fonzie. Like he's been their Fonz for years now. But really, he was a terrible fucking president. But, well, you know, it's funny because he was really level-headed, just like JFK. You're talking about when it came to war stuff. Reagan was a, a really level-headed with the trigger too in several situations where his, I can't think of him off the top of my head, but I've heard a few different tellings of. Uh, events that occurred throughout his presidency where everybody's telling him to pull the trigger. Um, specifically with, uh, I think Russia shot down a passenger airliner. I think US Korean. Pass- was no, it? I believe it was a Korean. Maybe flight. it had U.S. Uh, ambassador on board or something like that, U.S. citizen on board, something like that. But basically the entire country was basically like pissed and wanted some blood. Um, and he held back, if I remember right. Just That one there sticks out in my mind too. But it's kind of funny because he was more liberal than what the Republicans will the, uh, mention, and he wasn't a hawk like the Republicans tend to like to tout being. The uh, in 1983 Soviet nuclear false alarm incident. Um, yeah, it was it was a a plane that was shot down, um, and for some reason there was false alarm. Obviously, with it being the false alarm incident that went out, that we were uh, sending some nukes their way. Um, but it actually was a uh, officer of the uh, Soviet Air Defense Forces who uh, identified it as a false alarm and didn't actually send nukes back. Yeah, so. I remember hearing that too. That's but you, your point about Reagan being more so level-headed, not thumb <coughs> humping the trigger, um, definitely, definitely rings true. So on to <laughs> Castro, Nate. I know you had something you you were wanting to talk about the healthcare aspect of it and oh, no yeah i know it's oh, one of the, it's like i just yeah. want to rip that band-aid off so we can we can move on to stuff that won't hurt me as as much as i'm, I'm interested to see i don't i don't know where this is gonna go 
but I'm I'm interested to hear. Yeah, Nate, come on, I'm throw throw me a line here. Nah, talk to me about this stuff about the healthcare. We're okay. all we're all here for you, man. <laughs> I'm trying to have a Fidel Castro going away party, but instead I'm I'm here. So. <laughs> so, so were you pro the healthcare? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pro. Well, I mean, You're I'm pro Obamacare. I'm pro <laughs> single payer healthcare, which is not Obamacare. Yeah, single payers and the citizen pay for it if they want to. Right on track with you, Nate. So, like, what if I don't pay for it? You're gonna find me. Like five hundred this year, three thousand next year, and set. I, I don't agree with that, that necessarily. I just I don't believe that profiting off of healthcare is a ethical thing to do at so all. You should start a nonprofit. Well, yeah, I should. Or you could be like Fidel and just kill a shit ton of people. <laughs> well, to I, give the people you don't care kill so, decent yeah, healthcare, see, and that's what scares <laughs> me about universal healthcare. Like, what happens if the government universal can't afford healthcare. can't afford its healthcare? Um, they t- they took my healthcare. Um, what if what if they get to a point where it's like, okay, well, everyone gets it for free except for those that we can't afford to give it to for free, and then you guys are just on your you're fucked. So, but that's never been It's not like there was people just massively dying in the streets before Obamacare. I'm just saying, look at our education system. And everyone can agree that since the government has taken over the education system, education has gotten worse. Senator move. So what makes me? Th- what makes you think? <laughs> let's talk about health care. I'm just saying. Let's look at our education system. <laughs> I was. It's the one thing I can point out where I say, "Hey, look, the government run- has taken this over," and we thought, "Okay, with if the government takes this over, it'll be equal and fair for everybody, right?" Well, that is not at all how it played out. So what makes you think it'll be different with health care? That's all I'm saying, and I agree. You're right. I, I'm glad you called me out on my senator move. Well, because just, it was. Yes, um, I do want to point <laughs> out though, just a, a few stats here um, to uh, to lead off here. So, considering that, let me ask you a question here uh, for both of you. No, frig off. <laughs> um, would you consider Cuba to be a third world country? Just a yes or no. No. No? I had to give one. I'm yeah. saying no. Don't, no, don't look at me. No, like no. So hang on. If, I, if what I just did was a senator move, I'm not going to let Nate get away with this fucking cop move. <laughs> I'm not going to self-incriminate here. <laughs> All right, the floor is yours. Yeah, the illusion of choice. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes or no? You yeah, have two ask, options. Yeah, can I ask you a question? But your answer is only allowed to fit in my little box. Um, I want to fit in his little box. What even was the question? <laughs> I was so angry about, about I was box. so angry about the stipulation that I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I just well, I'm a little it. shit still sometimes, so that's probably why you're angry. But the question was, do you consider uh, Cuba to be a third world country? Um, no. You know what? It is fair to ask why. I should have not put those boxes oh, there. You After see. all of that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> You and your left brain rules. He's like, I was hoping you were going to say yes, so please I was expand. hoping you were going to say yes, so my point was proved and I could move on. <laughs> um, well, I've never been to Cuba. I've also never been to any other third world countries, but I've been to like Detroit and Chicago. <laughs> And so I've seen how bad things can get in a first world country. So I just, I don't know how the tier gets separated. Like how, so like I would, is is there a second world country? Cause that's where I'd put, uh, I, I've never been, I've never been watching a news 
report and they've been like over here in in second world Bolivia or whatever. Like it seems like there are first world countries and there are third world countries. And so I'm going to put Cuba right there in the middle because I, I don't think they're have it have it quite as bad as certain places maybe like in the Middle East or in Africa. Well, can I give you a, a definition, both of you, of a third world country? Would you be willing to hear that? Well, what a third world country means to me is... No, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take um, this definition. So third world, the techno- technologically less advanced or developing nations, <laughs> uh, Asia, Africa, Latin America, they that's typically what's considered, uh, generally characterized as poor, having economies distorted by their dependence on the export of primary products to developed countries in return for finished products. Um, they have high rates of illiteracy, disease, and population uh, growth in unstable governments. The term third world was originally intended to... Uh, you're, you're laughing over there. I'm laughing because you're describing America right now, and yet <laughs> yeah. you're going to say well, yeah. that it's a third world country Most definition. Of those boxes. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Still no, I mean boxes. I I agree with you. I you know we're unbalanced to say it nicely right now. Um, yeah. So um, originally though the term was uh, intended to distinguish the non-aligned nations that gained independence from colonial rule beginning after World War II from the Western nations and from those that formed the Eastern former Eastern Bloc. Read that. Can you read that last part again for me, please? What the the colonial? It rule? was originally, yeah. It was originally given to colonies that had broken free of other world con- of of outside control, right? Bit, yep. So it's a it's a it's a term of control, right there. It's mm-hmm. third world countries were then put to immediately belittle anyone who had gotten their own freedom. They were immediately to be looked down upon. It's you know. I feel like we just we still live in the feudal system. It's this every everything is it's a class based. So yeah, as soon as these guys got their freedom from Great Britain, the Brits were like, "Oh, those those poor third world bastards. They don't have us taking care of them anymore." I just was that was interesting. And it's it's important to note, I think, when we have these terms that we've just used since birth that we recognize that they didn't they just they didn't always exist. Yeah. And and to know something like I never knew that about the coining of the term third world country and that it was originally given only to those countries that seceded from bigger powerhouses. I think that is a little bit of context that we should have with that. Um, it's because it's all about perception control. I mean, you know, immediately as soon as it almost, because what, what do you think when you think of third world country, you think of a place that needs our help, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that rant over. Just, but, no, I mean, the, the English language is alive. Like, these words, definitions change, but did we start defining these countries as third world back when this is how we thought? And the word grew, but the meaning stayed the same for that country, perhaps. Um, but yeah, none of us think about that. When, when you ask that question, that's not what I thought about when I thought about third world. I thought, like, going out and digging a hole for water, that kind of shit, not, you know... Right, I thought about the like the Sarah Glockland commercials or whatever Sarah McLaughlin, you know what I'm talking about? Like we like donate if you donate a dollar a day, you can save a child. And yeah, I thought she did dogs. Yeah, she did. I it's just I'm being an ass. Are you calling third world children dogs? No, I just Uh, make make fun of those commercials that panter to. Are you are you racist against cats, RJ? Because there's cats in there too. I have two cats. Well, you should have included it in your original statement. Sorry. Okay. 
his cats even let him call him the K-word. He gets to call them kitty anytime he wants, and it's not like derogatory or anything. That's how not racist he is. <laughs> I can say it. I got two cats. Say, yeah, he's in. The, he's part of the kitty club, man. He gets Hard Y, Kitty. <laughs> Uh, are you going to pull his My kitten, my kitten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nate, so give us give us more about healthcare. Do you want to meet my cats? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, that... <laughs> Maybe down the road. My kitties. Your kitties. <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. I'm just going to keep saying it like kitty, it's kitty, like kitty, kitty, kitty. derogatory and not supposed to be said. <laughs> well, well, okay. Um, so, but what, what great strides did Castro do for... Because that was one of the things you were saying before, right? Yeah. You are like, well... Yes, Castro's, um, a, Castro's a steaming pile, but he did this cool stuff with some healthcare. That um, so yeah, so just some stats about uh, Cubans, uh, the life expectancy, and this all this data. I'm about to say, um, except for the HIV one, is uh, from the World Data Bank in 2014. Um, the life expectancy of a Cuban is 79 years, which is the same as a U.S. citizen. Um, or their infant mortality rate is actually lower uh, by two per thousand. Um, also, they have one of the uh, lowest rates of HIV in the world at 0.1%, which is, according to the National... Do you want to know why? Yeah. Because they re-educated all the gays. Don't give me those looks. No, what do you... I was, I was yeah. looking at you. I was like, wait. I, yeah, I, no, like homosexuality what, what, is, uh, is a horrible offense there. I mean, they killed and re-educated a bunch of their homosexual population i, 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 I when, do when the, i do recall that when the hiv was spreading it was it was definitely through the, the homosexuals and i i don't know that they do a lot of uh injecting drugs in cuba either so also um i i do want to point out um according to the uh, national association of social workers as well uh, their study. Cuba actually has the, a, the largest number of uh, doctors per capita in the world. So, all those stats you just read, I was... I, I, you're a little quick, so I wasn't able to jot down what the stats were, but I made a little check check minus column over here. I can... Uh, uh, yeah, you can go over them again. What, what Broad strokes, what I gathered was Cuba was either uh, on the same pace or had done things a little better than what what we have now that per capita thing that's a misleading stat i think because when when you use it comparatively to the united states because we have a lot more ground to cover i mean in certain states you know like look at ohio three cities make up the majority of our population you know like they were or you could go into like a bigger like go into like let's i don't know let's go to new york city i don't have any census numbers in front of me but i'd imagine you you take the population of new york city probably out does or 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 is comparative to certain midwestern and northwestern states like let's compare new york city to the entire population of idaho so you know that whole like doctor per capita thing like it's you know what I mean? Like I it's gonna be it's gonna be different in different areas. Like you're not gonna need like you when you go out into the, the middle of nowhere where it's nothing but farmland, you're not gonna have a bunch of doctors every two miles. Yeah. You know, it's it wouldn't make sense. Well, on top of that, don't they heavily subsidize like medical education? Yeah, uh, but also I I want to say though that your point you do have some valid points, but my thing with that is if you have more options though uh, within 
within you know the same amount of uh, space wouldn't you especially if they're competent doctors wouldn't you think that uh, that would be at least a positive uh, I, maybe <laughs> i don't know if you could have a million doctors and they all have shovels in their hands you know what i mean what good does that do well that's why and, i said competent though yeah well i i don't know how to measure their competency i i know i've seen even when what's the fat dude that goes everywhere um <laughs> told us that the world was going to be underwater right now alex jones no oh for some reason i, I was made thinking the movie in inconvenient truth al gore al, al- it's michael moore thank you yeah <laughs> Al Gore made an inconvenient truth, yeah, but Al, okay. Mike, Michael Moore is that guy he, who is just completely. Oh yeah, we'll go ahead. Made, you see what well, you want to say about the, our wonderful. Uh, but you saw the hospital in the movie where he went to the Cuba, right? Like you saw their medical facilities. They're not. It's not the Cleveland Clinic there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a reason we still have the the state of the art uh, medicine we have here, and all the research gets done here, not in Cuba. And what do you think? And I, what, what what is that reason? Because it's profitable here. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that in such a negative context. Again, we have the Cleveland Clinic here, and my dad personally has been going there for years for free because they make absorbent amounts of money off of the people that come in from overseas. They do charitable stuff. But, and I mean, there's treatments that he has now that didn't exist when he started going there six years ago. They're just, it's amazing. And you don't have that kind of stuff happening in Cuba. Well, I do have a, a one counterpoint here. Um, there is a, and, and this just came out, uh, within the past couple of years, um, there was a, a cancer vaccine, a lung cancer vaccine from Cuba, mm-hmm. um, that they, they were testing, um, or were going that. to test in the United States. Um, now you, uh, your points about, you know, how all that, you know, technology and research and whatnot, but, um, you think we would be able to to possibly figure out, uh, you know, a cancer cure if we have all the best quality stuff in the world? Did they figure it out? Or they were testing it, you said. You I know what, though? That. The thing, is, thing about a cancer cure is, this is sad, but if you cure it, then there goes all the money and resources you've you say invested. That, there was $200 billion in curing hep C, and they cured it. It's not even really that much money, amount of money for a pharmaceutical, and they cured Hep C. So I'm just. But that's like it's still expensive. It as is hell. expensive, but though. don't get me wrong, it's expensive. But it's still they did it. There's money there, and there'll be the next disease after they cure cancer. It's going to be life expansion is where you'll spend your money. So once they get you to where you're already going to live a hundred years because your body doesn't kill itself, it's going to be you're going to be spending all this money to live longer. There'll always be a way for Big Pharma to make more money off keeping us healthier longer. They don't need to keep us at the lifespan we're at now. If anything, the longer they keep us alive, the longer they can make money off of us. That is true. That is true. Um, I would, and I'm not quoting this as fact. Uh, I I wish I could question it. I I don't have the article out in front of me. But um, there was an article that stated that Research that I didn't have access to read, so can cannot verify, said that about fifty percent of cancer patients actually die from their chemo. I've heard that too. Um, so when I when I, th- but a hundred percent of cancer patients die without it. Well, maybe not mm, that. Not true. But, but yes, yeah, so it's know not what I true. Mean, no. Right. 
But so yeah, and I do know what that you, live are probably really grateful for it. If right. It's the reason if live. if it is the reason yeah. that they live, I mean they 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 do so many other different things. It makes, yeah. there's just that, that's a, that, that's a very interesting one, uh, the, the cancer thing. But I know I know you're trying to make a point here, Nate. So I, no, I t- tell me what it is because I, I feel okay. like you're you're asking the wrong. If you're trying to lead RJ and I, like it's not going to work, man. Like if, we're just going to ruin your day. So why don't you tell us what you want us to think, and then well, I've, I've had a we good can, day. I don't, okay. I don't think it ruined. <laughs> it, it, it's a pretty solid day, so you know it's all good here. With you know, just yeah. So, and I, uh, you know, I I was misled when I read this. Um, it's a treatment and a vaccine. It's not necessarily a cure. Um, I saw where they were uh, washing people's lungs out at the Cleveland Clinic a couple of days ago. It um, just to just describe what this this is. Um, cool. It's a and I'm gonna butcher the hell of this pronunciation. Good. Sinovax. Uh, um, it's a vaccine designed by Cuba's Center for Molecular Immunology. I can't pronounce that, but um, to it helps by uh, targeting a specific hormone that encourages uh, tumors to grow. Um, so hmm. the vaccine, so say, go There's ahead. A, sorry. No, I just had a little, like, I just had a the, little, my inner conspiracy theorist bell. I have like a spidey sense, but it's for conspiracy theories. And when you just said there's a hormone that in, you know, uh, say, so how did you just phrase it again? There's a, there's a hormone that, uh, what, like induces the growth of, of tumors, tumors to encourages. Grow. So, you know, they, they bring their little motivational cat posters down to the tumor and they're like, you can do it. You believe, uh, I'll be there. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Do it. There's do this, it. there's this hormone do that it. will go to your tumors, uh, cello recital and sit in the front row. That's all I'm going to do is I'm just going to like blast him yelling, just do it into the tumor. Yes. So, um, <laughs> that will be what the laser beam that they're flashing in to destroy the tumor okay. is. It's like, what if that's what's in it? G- GMOs, like <laughs> just tumor up. hormones. Oh, you know, where they're just they're in there blaring like ACDC in your bloodstream, just like you. those about the rock. Shake me on. Okay, so the tumors. <laughs> God damn it. I have and that's why chain smoking I, and rock and roll go together yes. so well. <laughs> Real quick before I continue on here, uh, oh, Lord. just uh, are, are you going to get a costume and uh, get a consp- or conspiracy powers here and, and, and be conspiracy man instead of Spider-Man? I need, I need, so, yeah. You've actually, yeah, actually I'm going to jot that note down for later. You've given me something. I'll, I'll, no, no making sausage this episode. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. No, that's yes. fine. I've already made some. Mm. But no, okay. But I want to so, hear about this okay. with Castro. Um, uh, there's some somewhere somebody's listening to this. Like, dude, these guys promised they were going to tell me about Castro, and we talked about it for like three minutes so far. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy, you don't get the show. <laughs> um. Your healthcare. Tell me what Castro did that was so great. Okay, because so you're you're telling me about stuff that the Cubans are doing now, which is cool. Well, it's These vaccines, resu- but that's a result of of the system that has has been put in place. Though I, I'm giving you some examples, right? And I'm not arguing that. Okay, I'm I'm saying like you know, okay, so we know we know what it has led to. We don't know any anything about how he did. You know, 
You, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I yeah. gotcha. Um, Lots of firing squads. Okay. Yeah, because I heard, because RJ threw, poked an interesting hole in that right away, where it's like, okay, well, yeah, they their AIDS numbers are down because they just shot and killed people that might have gotten AIDS in the head before they could get AIDS, so. Yeah, there's not a lot of flying in and out of Cuba either. Just a lot of good reasons for Cuba not to have to worry much about AIDS. Speak of the devil, I just want to say I won the condom argument last night by saying I already ate you out. Okay. And that worked. Cool story, bro. No, wait. Don't think. hang on, Nate. Let him let him finish. <laughs> and the baby, she's like, what? And I'm like, well, if I had something, you'd already have it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And it worked. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, if you're not already in there, you're not going to get the diseases. And that's how I'm making that parallel. But I just, I thought that was a really funny way to win that argument. Fair and enough. And also kind of relevant to uh diseases not entering i am <laughs> so glad i have a notebook for this episode <laughs> um okay are you making notes about this kevin yeah please go on <laughs> no i'm just writing that down to try for later okay, I've, I got you. I've got some plans later I no. got you. <laughs> okay nate back to castro yes okay <laughs> so so why so why i i am pushing this healthcare angle um i found this really uh fantastic uh, research paper with sources mind you um, well, you don't see that much in 2016. No, no, not at all. Um, it is Cuban. It's titled Cuban Healthcare: A Different Way. Uh, the author of the paper is uh, Kyra Foreman from the University of Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. So, so just going through and reading it, um, this this all ties back to Castro, but it's talking in general of, of Cuba because this started to occur after the revolution. Um, let me get to my specific point here. Uh, just a second. Do, 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 okay. Do, do. So, <laughs> so the government, post-revolutionary government of Fidel Castro made healthcare a national priori- priority for all. Um, two, there are two specific overarching priorities that took place after the revolution to accomplish this, such as making care accessible in rural areas and making healthcare a part of the community. Um, Thanks, Obama. Well, I guess. Um, just, I just want to make one point about each each thing here. Um, All right. They uh, believe it or not, uh, they decentralize services. Um, so instead of having a national service at first, it is universal health care, but decentralized. If that makes sense, it does not. No. No. So, there's not a huge bureaucracy, is that what you're saying? It's once you get licensed, you're just on your own? Yeah. they uh, The uh, Rural Medical Service um, was established in 1960, and it had uh, recently graduated doctors had to serve one area in rural areas. One year in rural areas. My bad. Um, so, they, they started with uh, 750 doctors in the mountain coastal areas as well um so that those doctors also were educators in the sense and that they provided uh knowledge about uh hygiene and health as well as well as providing care um so that increased uh hospitals in rural areas from one to 53 now mind you cuba is an island so it's not necessarily a huge country either what yeah yeah no, I'm, I agree with you. So okay. the, the one thing that I gained from that is that uh, Bernie Sanders is a communist, right? Yes. <laughs> that's all That's all I took. Yeah. After one sentence in, I thought, oh, yeah, this sounds a lot like today's Democrat. 
Oh, okay. It's funny how every like that's the way to get the people support though is healthcare. I'm I'm pretty sure even Hitler yeah. provided great healthcare yeah. to the people. Obama healthcare. Clinton ran for healthcare. Uh, obviously, who we're talking about now, Castro ran for healthcare. All of them provide great healthcare if you're not in their fucking firing squads, um, <laughs> or gay. So we'll give you this nut. You're, we'll, we'll poison your water, but you'll have nice shiny teeth. <laughs> it's killing your brain, but your teeth are white. Oh God, we're going to start talking about fluoride now. We, when, should we, when should we not be talking about fluoride? You know who the last... Yeah, way off tangent here. No, yeah, that's fine. You know, you wanted, we can talk about parallels to Castro again in here in a second, but what's our big parallel to Hitler's Germany? Fluoride. Fluoridated water. Oh. The, one of the first things he did besides taking the guns away... God, I sound like Alex Jones right now. Was to fluoridate the water. So take it for what you will. Uh, they also another interesting thing that we share: the Nazis were the first to spool out anti-smoking propaganda. The first country to have nationally paid for anti-smoking laws or anti-smoking ads because Hitler was against alcohol and tobacco. He thought it was terrible and of the Love devil. The meth, though. Well, you know, speed's a little cleaner drug. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, well. there's no arguments at this table, apparently. <laughs> it's a matter of productivity. <laughs> so, you're, that and is the drug can, all about the productivity. Yeah, it can shrivel you up till you're nothing but bones, so long as you got your work done. Hey, I but, feel like I'm more productive on alcohol than meth, though. I've What's, never done meth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that your argument? <laughs> you've never done meth, so you've never been productive uh, on it. I'm, I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh-huh. we don't know even done meth. Yeah, it's, it doesn't. The thing that whether or not you're kidding is irrelevant because it's 2016 and we have the clip now. So have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, uh, boy, has has Donald taught you nothing? I mean, he was elected president after basically he advocated sexual assault. Oh, that's right. So. Who the fuck am I? What am I talking about? Yeah, so Idiot. like I'm not screwed in the long run. Yeah, that's advocated true. Advocated sexual assault. I'm gonna fucking kill myself tonight. So I'm done. I'm oh done. man, I quit. <laughs> oh so yeah, we had I'm that done. whole. Didn't we already? Ha- we already We've had this had whole this argument. So, so, but anyway, moving on. Speaking of sexual assault, <laughs> or speaking or, of sexual assault, speaking we're of talk about the ones perpetuated by uh, Castro's rise to power and his guerrilla. Warriors and all the violence that occurred there. And the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone. No, he Well, you're not. I mean, that's the thing, though. In terms of uh, humanitarian events, you're not going to get any objection out of me that Castro was not a piece of shit. Then why do we bother bringing up all this other stuff? Not to, like, be a dick, but. We everybody keeps bringing up like all these like supposedly good things he did, and it's like, yeah, okay, that's the end. Where the means to get there worth it, and really is the end even the result that's being portrayed? Because I don't know that I necessarily buy every healthcare statistic that comes out of that uh, extremely like cut off regime and island nation. So it's it's not hard to skew, especially if home births are popular there, things like that. I don't know how good of a census they run. Those kind of things there. So when you start saying infant mortality rates it does lower have and things a lot like of questions that, that you are true. Oh, right. Um, and it, good. But yeah, that's just uh, those kind of things there. I don't know that it's even necessarily because as soon as you start saying, well, look, he provided health care. Look at all these doctors. Then the Bernie Sanders get to say, 
we're going to provide doctors and we're going to do all this stuff and it's at what cost and is it even really worth it? And if you have all of these semi-well-trained doctors, but turn-of-the-century equipment, doesn't matter. And all of you saying that they have the same like lifespan as us, yeah, there's, their diets are a lot healthier than ours too. We're able to somehow poison ourselves our entire lives and live as long as them. Uh, in my mind, that doesn't really mean much. Obesity isn't really a thing there. Uh, heart disease, those kind of things, they're just... It, it's completely different. So I, it doesn't really mean much to me to say that, yeah, they live the same amount of time as us. I, duh. <laughs> I would hope that if they're not doing all the stupid shit that's so prevalent over here, prevalent, I can't even speak today. You know what I mean? They don't have massive drug use, all that kind of stuff there that kills people young. They don't have McDonald's. Yeah. But, 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 but. Well, I'm sure I mean, they a lot of the population doesn't even drive, if we're being honest. And look at how, how many people well, die every own. year in car accidents and what that's going to do to the, well, the they, median lifespan. They couldn't right. even own cars for a while either, though. Yeah, Exactly. And now it's still you have to be up in their society to own one of those really old cars that they somehow keep patched together. Um, which is everybody like talks about how cool and stuff it is that they have all those cars that they've ran for years that get eight miles to the gallon, but why <laughs> well, well they have it's basically reason. a car car lover's dream though because they have cars from like the 50s and whatnot and you know a lot of people are are into that type of car i guess yeah what they're going to have trouble finding is any of those cars that are not stupid modified because they've been around for so long and they haven't been able to really import proper parts so there's a lot of jerry rigging going on in those but again, if you're living in that kind of society, is, are you still happy that, yeah, at least we have free health care. Uh, I, I can't leave a six-mile radius because I, I don't have access to a vehicle and, uh, you know, I'm really poor. But uh, at least I have decent health care. Uh, yeah, by the I way, can, yeah. if I'm a dissident, I might be, uh, I won't really get a trial and I'll be shot by a firing squad. But, you know, health care. I don't... Is it worth I do want to say, though, um, the embargo we had had with uh, Cuba did uh, have a negative impact though, on their healthcare system. And which and embargo was that? <laughs> what? For the listeners, which embargo was that? Uh, what are we talking about here? The U.S. trade embargo, basically where you said Cuba didn't exist. The one where ma- that made Cuban cigars illegal? Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to give a little context, man. You're like you gotta, you're you gotta, like, no. You just got to remember, like know, the people you're listening like to our program. Sa- you're there's, like extra sassy today. There is a new. This is a. This, this is, is a new me. That's what this, you get. This is. But no, I yeah, it's it a little extra shtick in my voice. But all in all intents and purposes, yeah. So we we now can smoke Cuban cigars, right? That has been. Was that that is true? That We're is basically yeah. free now. So the, we we finally have freedom. No, but what? So I, I had I had. You mentioned the embargo, and well, before before we get, uh, I, there's a couple of things you guys talked about that I wanted to touch on as far as like these healthcare numbers uh, to go kind of along the the same lines as RJ here. I had two points that I wanted to think. A, um, comparatively, again, like our population is so much bigger, and you know there are all these other outside factors that contribute to why we die and stuff like that. Um, that that's got to be taken into account. The sample size is so much bigger in both of these experiments. Um, My other thought is, can we trust their numbers? Now, we live in a world today where, based on whoever's poll, whoever took what poll, a good percentage, a good chunk of today's Americans don't believe 
the stories on the news or the stories that their own the numbers that their own government provides. So do we really trust that that's any different in Cuba? And as we've mentioned several times already, a secluded island that can really limit the resources that its own people have to, you know, like there, I'm sure there aren't too many fact-checking websites in Cuba for things that their their leaders are saying and stuff like that. You know, even even the limited freedoms that we have still, we, we are able here in America to, to fact-check and, and try to check opposite sources. So the, the, the numbers, again... None of us got to take those. Uh, none of us got to actually look over any of that stuff. And 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 facts and statistics are almost always used uh, to benefit your argument. No one's going to put a stat in their in their column that doesn't fit their argument. So we have to take that for every set of statistics like this. We could probably go somewhere and find an anti-Castro website that would bring out negative statistics. Yeah. Um, so. So what do you think that um overall I guess is a question I had like are we do do we all think that you know was Castro was he a bad thing to happen to this world? Yeah. Like it was bad that he existed and came to power, uh, right? Is that where Okay. Take that. I think he was going to exist in that country basically no matter what just because of their position in the Cold War. Okay. Um either he was going to be on our team or he's going to be the other team, but he was going to be a violent dictator. I mean, that's what rose during that era for a reason. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think it was a bad dude. I think he, he led some terrible, terrible events. Uh, I still believe that. So, but more so that he was a, he's a product of, of what was going on there. Sort of like you could make that same argument for I don't Hitler. Think he would have been able to rise in different situations. I think he would have existed no matter what, you know what I mean? Right. But I don't think his his rise would have been uh, available if it weren't for the the things going on in Cuba at the time, the corruption and the the unpopular uh, opinion toward the basically the mob running most of Cuba um, and things like that and wanting to kick out the capitalists kind of helped him him rise. And then promises like the healthcare and socializing everything helped too. Uh, so people were there ready with their ears to kind of take on his message. But I think in a different situation, it would have just fallen on deaf ears. That, okay. I, I like that. It, it has it has parallels to uh, how World, you know, World War II wouldn't have started if the Germans hadn't gotten so fucked after World War I. Yeah. Um, you know, that is what allowed a guy like Hitler to come to power. Um, and, and so often that is overlooked. And again, it doesn't forgive anything that Hitler did, but it sort of allows you yeah. to understand how things like that were it's able to take place. It's always going to be a Hitler. Yeah. Well, is his message going to mean anything is what matters. Well, right. If, I mean, if you're if somebody's going to get uptight and, and scream and cry about discussing the reasons why he came to power and how you can see it, they, they obviously don't understand the point that's trying to be made. Um. Because we, you know, for me personally, I do believe history can repeat itself if you're not careful. Um, so seeing the reasons why, especially talking about Hitler here, why things occurred in the past is a good reminder why not to, you know, do it the second time around. Yeah, that, no, that that's, the, I will never argue against that. History repeats itself on a daily basis. Uh, that's the only way, and that's, that's, that's one of our issues. <laughs> that's one of the things... Uh, again, we're pulling a little off of Castro here, but what scares me about our current predicament is it feels a lot like the pre-World War One proxy war. 
uh, where you have two smaller nations, <coughs> smaller groups that are both backed by powerhouses um, that where it's, it, you know, there ends up being more at play than what originally the conflict was about. Um, and yeah, yeah, Cuba did end up getting caught in the middle uh, of, of the Cold War, absolutely. Um, and so... Uh, it's it's very interesting. It's, he's uh, I, I find it so odd that he is such a polarizing figure. Honestly, like you had those. Um, I, I was listening to uh, we were listening to uh, you can say his name better than I can. R.J. Stefan. Stefan Molyneux. There we go. He had he just did a uh, truth about Fidel Castro episode. For those of you who haven't checked it out, check it out if that's what you're into. Um, he was reading a bunch of celebrity quotes that people were like saying nice things, you know, talking about like how great of a guy he was. And I was, I was wondering like, did you guys run into that in any of your research where people were just like, Fidel was great and here's why? Oh, I, yeah, I haven't, I put in the group me, I'll put it on the YouTube page, uh, a Black Lives Matter article about why they should uh, take some pages out of Fidel's book and uh, make sure the right doesn't get to skew the message. So yeah, you do run into that. Uh, you run into that a lot. You were talking about Trudeau talking about how good of a guy he was and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to just to bring it up here, um, uh, to, 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 let me pull up the statement for y'all here. Um, this was a statement made by the the office um, of the prime minister. It is with deep sorrow I learned today of the death of Cuba's longest serving president. Fidel Castro was a larger-than-life leader who served his people for almost half a century. A legendary uh, revolutionary and orator, uh, Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the education and health care of his island nation. While a controversial figure, uh, both uh, Mr. Castro's supporters and detractors recognize his tremendous dedication and love for the Cuban people who had a deep and lasting affection for um El Comandante. Uh, El Comandante. There we go. Yep. Uh, I I really bad with pronunciation. Um, I know my father was very proud to call him a friend. Um, who's uh, his father was Pierre Trudeau, uh, who also was prime minister. Um, and I had the opportunity to meet Fidel when my father passed away. It was also a real honor to meet his three sons and his brother. President Raul, Raul Castro during my recent visit to Cuba. On behalf of all Canadians, Sophie and I offer our deepest condolences to the family, friends, and many, many supporters of Mr. Castro. We join the people of Cuba today in mourning the loss of this remarkable leader. You know, it's, it's funny that, like, people throw such a bitch fit about Trump like having ties or whatever to the KKK leaders or some people that were in the KKK uh, coming out in support of him. But uh, Raul always gets cast as like the the sheepish one, the, the benevolent one, the nice guy. But I just want to show you guys this picture of him uh, blindfolding a guy before uh, uh, his firing squad. Um, that's Raul putting on the, the blindfold. But it's kind of funny how the president of Canada, who's looked at through the liberal lens as like a saint, um can talk about these people in such a positive light and Trump hasn't really said anything about what who's a Donald Duke but Donald Duke's had a few things to say about Trump and it makes Trump a racist it's just it's weird to me um, this guy was clearly a homophobe um, but these these liberal ideologues can still 
talk about how great these people's legacy is and shit like that. It just, it, I don't know. There's no, uh, what's the word? I'm looking consistency. Yes. That's uh, fair. And, and I just want to add one quick Raul thing to another, to add to your point. Uh, yeah, he's looked at as the nice guy yet. Um, and we were talking earlier about Fidel maybe just being a product of his environment. Well, when Fidel Castro was 22, his brother Raul was allegedly already a uh, part of the KGB. So it was, was associated with the KGB. Know, tell me these people so, didn't rise to power without KGB support. Well, right. No, it, 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 absolutely. But again, it just goes That's, to what yeah. you're saying. Like, So here Man you have movie. this Canadian you know, talking... Saying great things about a guy who with ties to the KGB, although on, and then on that other front, they use the same argument of, well, oh, Trump is in bed with Putin, so Trump's a bad guy, but, oh, wait, we're also cool with these people who have been involved with the KGB since the 50s. And we're very it's just, hypocritical. It's very, yeah. I mean, we all are. I mean, that's that, I, I feel like hypocrite is synonymous with human. Like, at, the, at that point, it's just... It's unfortunate. I think some of the things that anger us as humans are just when we see someone do something and we know we're guilty of it, it makes us I mad. I just laugh um. whenever I do that. And I start <laughs> to get mad. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so I do want to just say one thing, though, and it is a little off topic, but it's about Trump and calling him racist. Is one. He may not be a racist, a bigot, whatever you want to call him, but the fact that he's also emboldening people who definitely fall under those those labels is is kind of a concerning issue for another time to discuss but i just i just want to point that out at least in my eyes but see to me you're blaming donald trump but when you you should be blaming seatbelts because you should be blaming anything that has done away with natural selection like if you want to be mad that there are idiots and morons and bigots in the world just be mad that be mad at healthcare. Be like, no, I don't want universal healthcare because then all the pieces of shits, all the pieces of shit get to live too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Although that saying makes no sense to me ever. But I, I while I get what you're saying, and of course I'm being an, an asshole. I'm, be, I'm being hyperbolic for. I mean, I feel fun. like you're playing devil's advocate more so. Always that. That probably should have been like my, my, that's probably what my middle name means if I look it up in French. But anyway, um, I don't think it's his fault. We keep, people keep saying that. I get mad at, at that, that rhetoric that, oh, Trump has emboldened these people. I don't know no. What, which one he's emboldened. How? Yeah. Go, go back on the internet over the last eight years. You want to tell me these people haven't been around? It's no, it's what, it's what the media that's owned by six fucking companies, it's what they, cho- they choose to show it to you now. And so now they've been emboldened by Trump. No, they've been there the whole fucking time. You go to YouTube right now and find the Hitler was right YouTube channel. All right, that did not Kevin, just pop up in the next Promoting your new blog. But, hey, <laughs> but I'm just saying hey, these these guys but, are out there. They've been out there. He didn't put them there. But my thing about that is, is they've been on the fringes of society. And they now still and are. That's where they but, are. But now, but now you have instances of events and incident incidents. Excuse me. That have occurred, and you have them right out in the open. I'm not saying Dude, none of this stuff was not. Are you talking there about like graffiti with. on walls? And I, shit I'm like talking that? about attacks, like okay, legitimate that attacks. That happened before Trump. That happened in my town before Trump. I'm saying even the attacks, there some. were hate. There <laughs> were hate crimes yeah. in my small town of Finley, Ohio, when I was 13 years old. George Bush was president. Good old days. 
when you get away with it. No, um, but yeah, no, that shit happened all the time. People would paint swastikas on the fucking bathrooms at the park all the time, and it didn't even make the newspaper. The janitors cleaned it up. It's just now that they need it to talk about. Look at how bold this person is. It's fucking kids. It's always kids, almost, or by kids like young twenties, just looking for attention or just wants to piss somebody off. It's trolls. It's not these motherfuckers. They're so emboldened they have to paint it on a wall and run away. <laughs> you know, they're not wearing a swastika uh, armband around their arm and beating up black people and gays in the middle of the street. Uh, you don't see million man marches of not like how emboldened are they when they have to be so quiet and keep to the shadows or it's these lone wolves in a population of a few hundred million doing stupid shit um, uh, less often than ISIS so far to me. I don't know. Has Obama emboldened ISIS because attacks have happened more here since his uh, his presidency? Probably not. I don't know. I just I don't really think that you can like really tie to him. You can look up pictures of stuff all day on Google, but I could show you them prior to his rise. I was gonna pull up a couple. Wait, of do you remember when what the shooting at the uh, Holocaust Museum? That was under Obama. Two thousand nine. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Uh, I was going to pull a couple of things the, up the here. The white kid that shot Why? up the church. The white kid that shot up the black church. Dylan that Luke. was Yeah, that was that was under Obama too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just... <laughs> I can't I can't pull this stuff up because... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I am. Like, well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying... With you. I was going to pull... There are two things I was pulling yeah. up here, and then all of a sudden the uh, hot spot on my... Pulse! <laughs> the hot spot on my yeah. tablet has I was uh, just decided to... Uh, well, okay. That it just, was homophobic. That was homophobic, right. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, these things were worse already. That's that. Uh, yeah, that's swastikas being painted on some shit. What I'm saying is we have real short... It's it's attention deficit democracy to pull a, a Clyde Lewis quote. I wanted to steal his stuff, but he said that before, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. It's so... We forget things. Like, you're saying these stuff about Trump, but yeah, we just pulled up two examples of hate crimes. Big ones. Big time. Big ones. Uh, so yeah, but go ahead. I know you said you pulled some stuff up. Well, it's not loading because the hotspot <coughs> on my tablet has decided to uh, how many white limit cops itself killed, killed uh, black kids, shot him in the back before Trump. Yeah, the Dallas <laughs> police shooting. You know the the New York police shootings. You know, all that stuff has Stop happened. And frisk. All happened beforehand. Stop and frisk was clearly racist. <laughs> all of their stops almost were black people, and that wasn't that hey, wasn't Trump's. You know what though? According to a campaign manager for Trump here in Ohio, racism didn't exist until eight years ago. Yeah, I I, I heard that too. Oh well, well it it <laughs> I'm not pro the politicians. I'm just not pro blaming them for ignorance rising into headlines right you see the, yeah that's that's the big problem is like we we we, we blame these w- figureheads we we find the, pe- the people that it's easy to blame when the reality is the blame for all of this is sitting here at this table and it's sitting here listening to us talk right now so you we are we are in control of it it's us that yeah. does it we we allow the, these societal norms become that way because enough of us just yeah we'll just deal with it we'll just let it slide it's on us. It's not on that one dude who sits in a chair. But there, but a lot of a lot of people who have come out and have had these incidents and stuff, you know, they they have pointed to the to the rise of Donald Trump as a, as a political figure here. because that's the convenient thing to <laughs> yeah. do. Because well, it's the same all, society. It's, it's that, for inspiration, though. That's but, the thing. But they were blaming Obama for everything for the last eight years. Don't you see? For, for, ever since. 
I've been on this earth. All I've ever heard is how everything was somebody else's fault. I'm guilty of it too. We're all guilty of it. That's the thing. That's the, the big hypocrisy here. Is it's just convenient to blame everybody else. It's our fault. Like you want to be mad that Donald Trump is president? Blame look look around. Start blaming your neighbor. Don't stop blaming your neighbor. Start blaming you. You allowed it to happen because you didn't pay attention ever. I don't know if you heard until it, not my well, I mean, until it became inconvenient, until something really drastic happened, and you're I like, mean, "Oh God, this is." I oh. promise you, I could go through Columbus's news and find where either Jew go home, nigger go home, or Muslim go home is on somebody's garage door probably 15 times in the last year. It was all. It's on my Facebook feed once a month that somebody in a community and the entire community rises up and says, "No, we don't want this in our neighborhood," and that's the people and the voice that's prevalent. It's never in the neighborhood was silent and said, yes, please go home. Please leave our neighborhood. Or, you know, it's it happened all the time. It's just this is they are the media was already against this. And now they're going to start try looking for examples just for like when I want to go look up examples for why I'm pro gun. And I go and look up every defensive shooting that's occurred. I'm cherry picking for headlines. They've been happening all along. I'm just going out and looking for them now. Fair enough. But I, I have one thing to say, and it's not related to this. It's actually about Fidel, since we kind of went oh, drastically off topic here. Um, just to give a, a, some sort of a, a final statement here about Fidel in itself, um, just based on my uh, on my belief in healthcare systems. Um, in terms of that, I, I agree with that. But his atrocities—I mean, we're looking at this picture right now, uh, you know, of a firing squad. Well, a man up for a firing squad, excuse me, and even his brothers taking part. Um, things like that, um, you know, it, he, he's a piece of shit. And like I said on, on that thing I shared, good riddance, he's gone, honestly. <coughs> so, um, <laughs> so my thought with that, though, is uh, what about, so you're just anti-capital punishment then, right? Me? Completely. No, no, Nate. I'm ant. Yeah. What? So capital punishment's not okay, right? Like the electric chair, is that better than the than the firing squad? Is that a, is that a better you alternative? Me while you ask questions, so. Be- I'm just looking around <laughs> okay. at everybody. Yeah. Uh, lethal injection I, is I, a little I, bit more humane, I guess. <laughs> I, it's more. I, uh, it's more humane for the people that have to watch it. It's not more humane. For yeah. The it's it's not it. it's not more humane. Um. I will say I used to be a, a supporter of the death penalty. Um, I just think, especially with how our criminal... And this isn't more so a humane thing. This is a uh, how our criminal justice system is in this day and age thing. Uh, I don't think it can be used appropriately in how it should be um, because you have innocent people who are put to death. Um, that just shouldn't be there, so... I, I don't believe it. Believe in using it in uh, today's age. Okay, that's fair. I just I wanted to, I asked that question because you know, obviously you know I don't I wasn't trying to make it sound like what he did that these weren't atrocities. I'm just making sure that we don't pull our normal American yep. hypocritism. Hip, hip, yeah. Hypocriticism. I made it just <laughs> making words up right there. American hypocrisy. You, we should have the Kevin Massing dictionary. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it next to the uh, Yeah, it's called a Dixaurus. Um, it's uh, That's my but, favorite dinosaur. Girl. <laughs> just so 
that's what I'm, you know, what we do some, uh, uh, we commit some atrocities in our end too. That's the one thing that <laughs> tends to be forgotten is it's almost like that whole, uh, not to pick on the Christians, but that whole argument of like, well, murder is bad unless we're doing it in the name of God, in which case, oh, it's cool then. Like the Crusades or the Inquisition or, you know, any Facebook post that says all Muslims war should die. You know, yeah, the I'm war anti-death penalty. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm anti-death penalty mainly because I think like, what, that's, you're just, okay, thanks for giving them the easy way out. Like, <laughs> Uh, uh, whatever. I, I think if anything, it should be a you know life in jail is one thing. Whatever death penalty, and I don't know about all that. Um, it's also pretty expensive to go through the uh, appeals only because of all the yeah appeals. Like yeah. you said there, a bullet in the back of the head behind the shed doesn't cost much. Yeah, it's pretty cost effective. But it, you know, not cost effective enough for the Nazis. However, that's why they had to move to Zyklon B. They couldn't afford to you know, shoot all the Jews. They did. Uh, I yeah, did that, actually, that theory holds up. Um, <laughs> I did a, uh, a research. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> I did. So I those actually, furnaces are real cheap too. <laughs> um, like six people every hour. That's cost effective. I did. But, a, I did a research uh, paper on the Eitzen group, and um, just this reminded me of it. But uh, the Eitzen group. Yeah, because it was um, this had to do with the Eastern Front going through, like you know, Belarus. <laughs> Uh, even some Poland stuff like that. Um, oh, Jorel. Well, I'll mention that what Jorel said here in a minute. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was basically these fire these squads that came through um, would round up the people in the village, which typically tended to be Jews in that area, and uh, you know make them dig their own graves and. Uh, then ended up killing them, and it was a precursor to uh, the uh, concentration camps, death camps, um, with the uh, you know with the Zylon B and whatnot. I got you. And they didn't burn all of them. There was massive graves that weren't burnt. Yeah, that was later that they were moving to that. They were yeah. running out of places to put them. Like I just, I know you like throwing little. I, I, you hate being called a conspiracy theory guy, but you love throwing little tidbits from conspiracies out there. I just think the term conspiracy theorist because it was coined to make people look like like me look like people like Mel Gibson. And that's, that's why I cool. love you, Kevin. That's, that's yeah. not cool. You, you, but yeah, you get some tidbits here. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, no, a lot of, of them tidbits, were just thrown into pits. Yeah, the, the mass graves are a very I wasn't real thing. Yeah. But the fact that off about them not shooting them because it wasn't as efficient as gassing them. That wasn't it, all. It also th- that whole well, that's a different episode for a different day because that whole thing confuses me. Well, part of it, just to throw it out there, was the the mental effect it was having on the soldiers that had to shoot them. It wasn't completely the I wasn't going to like go. It wasn't completely the use of ammunition. It was the 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 mental effect it was having on the soldiers and they were having trouble. Uh, getting soldiers willing to just execute Jews all day. Oh yeah, uh, by shooting them in the back of the head. And right, it felt a little easier just to throw them all into. Let's well, also not forget the uh, Roma <coughs> and uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, all kinds of homosexuals, all kinds of other people who also uh, were victims, uh, victims of the Third Reich. Yes, absolutely. That was my moment of silence. Sorry, I, had to, I paused there for you. No, you're right. Uh, my, my, no, but the 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 issue, the the interesting part to me was just the idea that these were work camps. So I didn't understand yeah. the whole like bringing hundreds of people into the camp. Like, why bother even bringing them there? Why don't you just kill them where they're at? There was supposedly you know you like you see like that's always been sort of my issue. Like these were the work these were work camps, 
And so the idea that some people were brought like in train loads and then shoveled instantly into the gas chamber and killed just seems like a complete... Yeah, if you couldn't work, you didn't make it to the work camps. You were just executed at an execution camp. If you were healthy enough to work, they worked you until they... You weren't? Yes, exactly. There was enough people being shipped in. They were going to kill anyway. They might as well, you know, it's not, it's basically like a factory work now isn't that hard. They can put somebody in at any point in time. Auschwitz, it was, you know, it was a work camp too. Um, But a lot of the times they typically would, you know, send young children, you know, elderly Mm -hmm. women typically also straight to the, the, you know, the cremation, but in a sense. Um, yes, I know that was probably really bad to say, but, um, yeah. Speaking of unpopular opinions, I want to, before, I want to throw, Jarrell is joining us through the wonders of the internet, can't be here with us today, but he said, uh, back to our, our firing squad argument, he, uh, just so you guys know, he, uh, said, what's wrong with the firing squad? If the punishment fits the crime, shoot him. So there's that, um. That is, you know, I don't think, I wanted to throw that out there because the rest of us seem to not be of that opinion yeah. on that. Um, well, in the moment, I'm a completely of that opinion. In the moment of your, that's the punishment for the crime of putting my life in danger, but at the point in time where you're no longer a threat, I don't really, I don't feel that, like, extra, I shouldn't say extrajudicial, but just outside of you being a threat, I don't see any point in killing somebody. Like, at the point that you're no longer a threat, Why? to me but right. that's just me well, um, why is so it yeah necessary the, is basically yeah what you're exactly saying. um there just seems to be a lot of alternate routes that you can take that aren't murder um and when you start trying to delve out the uh the ability to murder you're basically forming a government in the monopoly on murder so just that's why i guess it's the root of all evil <laughs> fair and and what but holding to, life and death in your hand yeah and to, to clarify you know my my argument the whole reason i i gave nate that hard time about the firing squad was to sort of attack our common american perspective where you know again to go back to the uh the incubator babies and all these things we we use these as ammunition on our own citizens when it's time to paint a big bad boogeyman like for instance the stories we just talked about with Hitler, okay? We haven't done things nearly to his level, all right? But we never talk about our concentration camps. We never talk about Japanese internment camps. We never talk about... The eugenics movement, exactly. We never talk about the fact that Hitler's entire movement was based on an American idea. Don't okay. forget the uh, Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiment. No, I, well. Ameri- I thought that was an imported idea into America. The U- the well, it didn't. It, I thought it got imported here, and then as Nazism rose, it fell out of favor in America. But I thought they looked to the Europeans as stronger and wiser, and were trying to adopt their. I'll ways. look it up. We would have to look. I can't remember where Charles Darwin's nephew came from, but Charles Darwin's <laughs> nephew was one of the creators of the eugenics movement. There was a eugenics society in America. Like, go back and read pieces like *The Great Gatsby*. Didn't it's 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 solidified in our huh. It basically become Planned Pan, Plan Parenthood. I yeah, thought. Planned Parenthood. The the founder of Planned Parenthood, who who Hillary just loves. There are many quotes. Lou, to give a shout out to another member who can't be here, was someone who really attacked that pretty hard because the founder uh, of of Planned Parenthood was was someone who believed in that eugenics movement, right. and it was all about really on her end. It really was about trying to keep um, the that the eugenics movement alive. It was about making it so that the lesser races and lesser beings couldn't you know produce reproduce. So there's 
there's that aspect. I, the reason I, I went at, you know, it's so easy to say, like, oh, Fidel's a piece of shit because of firing squads. Well, it's like, but yet you guys have all these funny Obama-Biden memes that you worship. Meanwhile, Obama can press one button and kill and 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 blow up someone's wedding. You know, it's completely innocent. Like, oops, that was a mistake. We, we shot yeah. the wrong place. And, you know, we laugh at all these Joe Biden memes not knowing that, you know, he wrote the Omnibus, which is the precursor to the Patriot Act. So while he looks like your lovable grandpa in a picture, he's actually the, the one of the reasons behind all of this over overreach that you bitch about on a daily basis. And hey, lovable, uh, you know, lovable grandpa usually has some skeletons in his closet somewhere. It's just we we have to start we have to start noticing our own hypocrisy if we're going to mm-hmm. grow. So I'm going to continue to point that out. I can't I can't well, stop. Won't you keep stop. saying ours and we and that's the beautiful thing about not being nationalist is I just get to call them all dick bags. But the, the thing about that is you you good have fun reaching seven people with that attitude. That's all I'm saying. Like if you're just like oh I'm over here on this pedestal and you guys are I'm all not saying I'm on a pedestal. I'm just saying they're all fucked. Yeah, they're all yes. That's fair. Obama is fucked. Obama's fucked. I can say they're both fucked and hold the same opinion and say that I don't want a part of either. Of world well that's fair here's why so i mean I, i'm not saying i'm better well, i am i think it's a better ideal ideology don't get me wrong but i'm not just sitting over here quiet about it Are no you, that's would fair you say you're an anarchist in any form or fashion uh, i'm as close to it as you can possibly be so yes i, I was just kidding like, cap uh yes so the opposite of Fidel, <laughs> um, which is why I went into this and I was like, I know I think he's a shit bag of dicks, but I want to like kind of do some review just to kind of like make sure I remember everything I think I remember. But at the end of the day, if you're a socialist revolutionary that murdered a bunch of people to install socialism, I, I, I don't like you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Like I, I'm a little prejudiced. In, in terms of Fidel, I, th- I think... <sighs> He he could have you know he could have ended up handling it a little bit different and the, the, <laughs> well no I I'm not saying I, I'm just saying in general here and the perception of him would have changed tenfold it would have been a complete 180 in terms of perception it's just you could argue it, that well it all goes have, back to to how you handle it though I don't think he could have overthrown and gotten to the right place that he did without the violence people were that's why people fled. People ran out of the country. The people that were against him didn't have a voice. He didn't have that route. You're right. He scared them the fuck out. And that's why there's people in Florida right now celebrating because their parents were thrown out of the country or fled the country. You don't have people fleeing America to Cuba on water uh, bottle boats. You know what I mean? Totally. So. Well, off topic, but kind of on topic because this uh, this reminds me of another, another revolutionary uh, person. I think one day we should talk about like Ho Chi Minh and and the Vietnam War and whatnot because that that plays a lot with the colonial factor as well. Okay. And false flags. Okay. That too. Go oh, talking dick bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like I don't feel any different about Fidel now that he's dead than I did when he was alive. Personally, I don't know. If you guys have any closing thoughts, but it's more, uh, I'll cool. like go ahead and go he here. He died first. a little too peacefully for my liking. Uh, it's he's still an enigma to me. I don't, I, I don't understand this world enough. To be honest, to have a, a full opinion one way or the other, I, I, I can't help 
but resort to that the you know that indoctrination from before like what we were taught you know for so long that bad 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 so while you know and I, it's still that i feel like that's just still what's stuck in my head bad yeah. bone and not the good kind like you want yeah. george thoroughgood style over there <laughs> um but yeah it hasn't really changed my opinion um i was hoping there was going to be some sort of like deathbed jfk confession but even the ones we do get those don't seem to hold much water like what e howard hunt saying that the cia did it or you know didn't hold any water even yeah. though he's been one of the accused yeah so anyway it, one day maybe we'll really know what to think about fidel but for now i guess just be glad that there's no one in cuba who wants to shoot nukes at us <laughs> yeah at or least so it's we not think. like kim jong-un's brother taking over yes because that would be a little crazier. Fucking North Korea, man. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. But I, you know, like I said, just the healthcare system I, I'm a proponent of, but in humanitarian uh, shade, he's, I'm, so I'm just a if, good riddance. Can I ask a question, Nate? Yes. If you could murder a thousand people and give a million people health care to where they lived another 20 years, would you do it? What's the ratio? What's the ratio? Yeah. How many people would you murder to how many people you'd save? Well, like, are you willing to? See, that's, that's, to me, though, that's not a black and white question there. That's such a great question because there's so many different, uh, different things that could come up with that. Um, typically I, I tend to believe, you know, the good for the many over the good for the few. Um, I, I realize I totally butchered that saying, but, um, well, when you're translating Fidel, it's kind of easy to do, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, typically, like I said, I, it's the needs of the many over the needs of the few, but Mine if you're, <laughs> I'm just that's yeah that's honestly where I think that same mentality is why you see a lot of the media like portraying him as such a tragic figure though because I think a lot of people think that way at the end of the day which is kind of scary to me but it's a side effect of nationalism I suppose I suppose are we about ready to wrap this one up guys yeah yeah we've got more episodes to do today so I I need I need to recharge my batteries here. He he needs to see less of my face because I feel like he's going to punch me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's not at all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nope. Nah, we knew you were a statist. It's cool. Uh, it's all right to have differing opinions. <laughs> that's the no, point. That's the beauty of it. Exactly. Maybe. Well, I guess on that note, <laughs> for, uh, for those of you who have uh, been listening with us here, we appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm Nate. Where can they find you at, Nate? Well, you can find me at Nate underscore capitalized B-D-G or with Shadowplay Paranormal at uh, SPP Investigates. Both of those on Twitter. That is correct. New episodes this weekend. Yes, I have one completed. It's done already. It just needs to be uploaded. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I suck at that. But um, Because technology. Well, I don't have any excuses this no, week. You blame it on the kitchen, man. You always say, oh, I'm so sorry that your steak's taking an extra five minutes. The kitchen screwed up. What What is the kitchen in this situation, though? Like, 
some unnamed producer. You just say it's me. You know, uh, yeah, okay, Kevin hasn't uploaded it yet. It's a huge whatever. network, man. There's a lot of people you can blame. Yeah. <laughs> so well, many. I, I, I blame Lou there. So, Lou, thanks a lot. I hope you were listening. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but to be honest, I, I am like the owner, creator, producer, host, uh, junior producer, whatever else you want to call And it. name dropper at Shadow Planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. Well, thank you for being so uh, humble, Nate. <laughs> thank you for gracing us with your presence. Kevin, how do they find you? Uh, well, you can... Check with my CIA handler. Um, Blue again. Or uh, <laughs> at my boy Kev on Twitter, uh, at Bad Dinner Guests. We are, of course, on SoundCloud, YouTube, everywhere you find your podcast. Wherever you found this, there's probably another one right beneath it. So go ahead and press play. And like. I'm RJ at 60 Grit Radio on Twitter. Bad Dinner Guests with an S.blogspot.com. Check us out. Appreciate it.